This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But uh, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing in order, you know, that that would make it better? Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode number 205, sponsored by Blast Rider from Funimation, discount comic book service, and iFanboy listeners like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Quickly Week Podcast, episode number 205. My name is Ron Richards, and it's fantastic to be back here in the iFanboy studios with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Ron. And Josh Flanagan. Hola, bienvenidos. Uh, we are from iFanboy.com, where we like comics and we read comics, and every week one of us uh, goes through our stack of books we bought and or read and picks the best one and deems it the pick of the week and goes to iFanboy.com to write a review about it, where many of you go to comment and discuss about it. But then we come back here on the podcast to talk about it, as well as all the other comics that came out this past week. Um, Connor had to pick this week, but before we get to it, uh, I'm going to remind you that we're going to talk about what happened in the books, so we might uh, spoil them uh, for some folks who are sensitive to that. So if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to press pause, come back after you've read them, or uh, just be warned in general. Uh, like I mentioned, Connor had the pick, and uh, take it away, my good friend. The pick of the week was Irredeemable number seven from Boom Studios, and we're all reading this, right? We're all yes. Irredeemable? Yes. Are we all reading The Mighty, or is it just me and Josh? No, I need to catch up because I love okay. it. But Chris Somni's off The Mighty, though, isn't he? Well, it's over. It's over? Oh, well, it? he's, not, he's not off it, and it's not over yet, but he finished the last issue of this initial 12. Okay. They're and we'll get to that. I'm going to read it in trade. But okay, go on. But because um, it's, it's very – it's tied into the mighty, so it's just curious. The, the These two books have come out together on the same week, I guess the entire time, and they're very similar concepts of the superhero gone bad. And both both books treat the subject matter differently in different kind of tones and different kind of stories, both good, both great books. And we both – in both books, we've been waiting for the, 
the two things to happen. One, in Irredeemable, we've been waiting for some answers as to why why Plutonian, the hero of this book, or the the, the, hero, the guy who was the hero is now the villain, has became the villain, and in the mighty, we've been waiting for um, the moment when the Alpha One, the hero in that book, really really goes bad. So both those things happened in this week, and so it was a really hard choice. For pick of the week because these are things that have been wait almost a year in the in the in the making. Did a part of you wish that it was four years ago and you could have picked both? Yes, four <laughs> years ago I would have taken the covers into Photoshop, split them in half, and that would have been the uh, the pick of the week. It, the reason why I went with Irredeemable and it was a really tough choice. I ended up holding them both in my hands and thinking about what which book had more to th- more more to it. I think Irredeemable won out because. It's a there's more going on in the story. That doesn't mean it's a better story. I think the Mighty is ex, an excellent comic, but I, there was there was more to latch onto. There's a lot more happening in the story. Now, the Mighty is more about Alpha One and this one guy, whereas there's a lot of elements going on in Irredeemable, a lot of things to think about and discuss, and and a lot of things that I think are really impressive for Mark Wade, the writer, and Peter Krause, the artist. In this issue, we flash back to. Um, Basically, the mo- the moment that tipped Plutonian over the edge. He's the Superman character. He he was feeling overwhelmed by all of the constant pleas for help and calls for help and emergency signals and everything that he can hear constantly. And I really liked the way it was portrayed with him just being constantly surrounded by by thought bubbles, and not even just constant noise around him of people in trouble or in need. Really showing. The pressure that a Superman would be under—I mean, something that's never dealt with in, DC, in the DC book because they can't. I mean, it would—it would drive anyone insane to be constantly hearing people that need your help and never being able to deal with all of it. And I liked that—that that was the start of it. And then the—the the, the thing that happens in this book is there's an alien invasion that Plutonian turns back, and and everybody in the world wants the technology, but he doesn't want to give it up because, you know, it, it might be bad for the people. So finally, he's being attacked in the media. He's being attacked in the blogs. He's being attacked by the pundits. And finally, just 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 to just to shut them up because he's tired of hearing it. He's tired of hearing everything all the time from everyone. He gives a little piece of technology over, and it ends up uh, going very very badly. And I like that. I liked the, the learning all this. I like the. It made all. It all made sense. It. I mean, obviously, Plutonium was a person who was already a little bit unbalanced anyway. But this was the moment we finally find out why he went from hero to villain. And a lot of it has to do with guilt, I think. And a lot of it just has to do with he was probably already a little crazy. And I, I loved that. And I loved the, the story going on in the present where the heroes have invaded his Fortress of Solitude. And they have, they're finding clues. And I really liked the creepy little touches that Mark Wade drops in, like the room dedicated to Bette Noir. That was awesome. His female <laughs> teammate. Very <laughs> creepy. Do you think he was creepy? Like, did he have that room all along, or was that like along a continuum? Like, what I'm no, wondering I think, is, I think he had it all along. What? So he was always kind of a closet perv. I think so. Okay. I mean, or that's, that just, that's total speculation. I don't think there's any clues either way. But what's fantastic is not so much that it's a room dedicated to Be- Betty Noir, but there's freaking statues in the room. <laughs> Yeah, like naked ones. Yeah, like did, he, did he commission those? You're right, exactly. Or, or like, did he do them with his heat vision? Like, we don't know. <laughs> and, and there's paintings huge, and the photographs. Huge yeah. statues. I can understand a room full of, like, frantic, crazy pictures up on the wall and stuff like that. But you, you're looking at – she walks into the door. So she's, like, what, five? Let's say she's 5'5", five, five, okay? She's right. a superhero. That one statue has got to be at least 20 feet tall. Right. Does, does he – what does he do in there? Uh, is, that, is that one painting – is she is she attached – 
like in a bondage outfit with the with the. I think she might. She's got a collar around her because there's one statue where she's holding a whip too. Right. It's it's a little creepy. Yeah, I, I'm and just, I, just, I love how she opened up and sees it, and then she shuts it and goes dead end. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, I like how you read that scene like it was a Muppet. <laughs> I think that's that's how you just that's how you just read it to me. <laughs> Nothing to see here, guys. Dead end. <laughs> I read it. I, re- I had a different read on that line, but whatever works for you. It's comic for you. I think mine is closer to Ron's, but yeah. the, I, I, those are the elements of the, about this issue I really liked. I mean, there was Big it was funny book. and it was creepy. I mean, it yeah. was it was. I laughed at first, then I went, oh. Like, well, I think the lesson to be learned here is can you just give me five minutes a piece. <laughs> yes. My God, you people well, just won't shut up. That he and gives, like, you know, he gives I, a tech really, over and 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 he flies to the moon just to get a moment of peace where he can't hear everybody on Earth. And in that in those five um, ten minutes, the tech is activated and lots of people die, including lots of children. That's sort of the yeah. the, 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 well, the thing that turns him over. The, the only thing that annoyed me was that well, yeah, of course, the, you know, the whole thing. Of course, the, he takes ten minutes of peace to go sit on the moon and get away from it. And of course, that's when when shit happens. But um, the only thing that kind of annoyed me about it, I get, I got everything about it. I was with it. I re- I'm really enjoying the whole series. But the moment that puts him over the edge when he saves this guy on his boat and the guy's bitching about the damage to his boat and ask him to fix it, like I wonder if that would really happen. You know, like yes, you know, yes, it happens to cops Absolutely. and, and oh, first responders all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Oh my god. Oh well, people I mean, suck just, then. All right. Just I mean, just the last three years of Manhattan, I had no problem understanding that as being a reality of things happening. It's yeah. like you can try to be nice and you can try to be, you know, courteous and you can do whatever, but it's like it's never going to be That's, taken by somebody to, the same way that you're giving it. They had to enact laws to protect first responders from lawsuits. Oh really? Because oh, people would people. Sue, people would sue them for damaging their car when they had to rip, yeah. rip it open to get them out yeah. during, you know during an accident or breaking their your chest bone you know doing for you know compressions yeah. on it they they had to do that because people are awful like that yeah you so know what it reminded awesome. me of it reminded me of my dog in that like if i give him like a treat he doesn't go oh that was great thanks i'm good now he just goes oh, another one yeah and he just looks at me and it's like that's what people are in this yeah. Um, which I don't think is that far off, unfortunately. Certainly. All right, I can see that you point. Know, yeah. You know what's funny is that originally when the first one came out, I liked it and everything, but I was a little reticent because I think I, you know there was no reason. It was just it just was what it was, and he's told this sort of backwards, and it and it it ended up paying off very much. So yeah. like you know when 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 I saw that Connor picked this, I thought yeah that's that makes very good sense. You know I gave it it is a five star book, and I think the really fun thing about this is that every issue has been better than the one before it. Um, every single time and every single one is added to what's going on and that makes it really fun and exciting every time that a new one comes out also um, I think I think we got to give credit uh, to Peter Krause whose art is is noticeably getting better not that there was anything wrong with it but I just remember reading this one going you know what he's he's getting better he's getting yeah. it's it's more impressive um, yes good, I really love that page. one page yeah. where it's his big head, and around him is all the stuff he's hearing or, mm-hmm. or ex- mem- experiencing, or the stuff he's done all day long. And it's just you can—it's—it's it's a way of artistically showing it's all emanating out of his head, and it's all getting to him. And he just can't—he can't deal with it anymore. He just mm-hmm. can't. Um, also creepy was—I forgot to mention the—they uh, run into the woman who he had dressed up like Betty Noir. Yes. Yeah. That was also creepy. Yeah. Like it's really, I like that he's not only evil, but he's like he's like creepy. Like he's he's a little he's a little bit perverted. Yep. He and keeps a sex a little, slave. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was, I mean, it's, it's definitely it's these turned, elements. It was these all these all these elements together that 
it's a deeper story than Mighty, which again isn't to say Mighty's a bad story. It's just a different type of story. So there's a lot of things going on here that are really impressive to me. And you I, know what's? I think just I'm sorry, Josh, real quickly, just real quickly. I mean, like this is. I mean, we're seven issues in, so it's about half a year. I mean, and you're saying Peter Cross is getting better. I think the whole the book is getting better, and it's just like an example of two creators working together on a run. Like this is what can come of it. Each one builds on the momentum. Sure. Well, I think that what you're seeing here is 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 Mark Wade. Uh, in a bunch of ways. I mean, Mark Wade to us, you know, to me is a guy from the the mid to late '90s was when he really was really hitting it on all cylinders. And then, you know, in the first half of the 2000s, he kind of kicked around for a while, not really finding a great project again. He bid on a bunch of things, and a lot of things didn't work out as well. Um, and but here, he's got a the freedom to kind of do whatever he wants, and b. And I'm speculating. I've you know I've read I've heard a lot of interviews with Mark Wade, and he's a guy who kind of wears his emotions on his sleeves like he, you know he's the guy who will say everything in an interview about everybody yep and and i and and i i can't help but think that with this character the plutonian you know who's doing everything everybody and constantly still hearing shit about it like that sounds to me like a comic creator reacting to his audience a little bit um and i i don't think it's that far of an analogy off you know just because even to watch like his to look like his his twitter feed like it, the picture is a little frustrated rabbit cartoon thing you know and like he's just he's got this kind of irritability thing that i think that he's he's baked into the character that actually made it work really well so you take that superman and then you mix it with that you know this one guy trying to do good in the world and and it come out with this new thing which which is like this opposite of the astro city thing that that connor mentioned you know, it's it's the sort of realistic flip side of what would actually happen if you couldn't get away from all that stuff. Yeah, well, I, I, and I don't know how much of, I mean, every writer brings a little piece of himself to the table, but I mean, that's really inside baseball to try, you know, to, to assume that this is his, like, you know, response to the fans. But I could see, given what he's kind of gone through the past couple of years, I, I, I can't deny it's probably a piece of it is fueling this, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not yeah. saying that he's going to go nuts yeah. and have a, a room full of, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I think there's, I think there's definitely something there to that. That's just, you know, it's my yeah. speculation. God, that room was creepy. Ugh, that was awesome. One panel, one panel. The now the mighty, it was was also excellent, and I really almost picked this one. Um, so the this story in the mighty is Alpha One is the hero of this world, and it's a DC book that doesn't take place in the DCU. It's a completely separate book. I don't know why it's not out of Wildstorm, but anyway. Um, Wild what? Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's maybe that's why. <laughs> uh, it, so the whole for the last nine issues we've been waiting for Alpha One. Alpha One's been getting increasingly creepier, increasingly sort of little acts of evil. Or at least we're learning and we're seeing them. We hadn't Right, and now in this issue he's gone full out, full bore. He's he's turned the corner. This is the moment we've been waiting for. Josh, did you love this as much as I did, or this? This, uh, you know, I was down to the same thing, and I, I lean towards this being my pick, um, which I think has to do with more of my taste as opposed to yours. You know, I like that it's a smaller story; it's set between these two people, and it's just a little more low key, I mm-hmm. suppose, uh, as opposed to Irredeemable, which is sort of uh, a little more balls out. And there were a couple of moments in this one uh, that really, because it's been so low key, like they actually really shocked you. Um, and it yes. wasn't the giant tidal wave moment, but like he flew through a person yeah. uh, yes, at he one did. point. He just he just like he was like shit, and so he just takes off in a straight line. And in that straight line, he goes through a building, and 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 goes through like a person eating dinner. Like it's just there's a it's a it's a Steve Dillon kind of <laughs> frame really. Um, yeah. uh, there's that, and then the thing that's that's on the cover. It's right there on the cover. I mean, there's there's here's what happens in the book. Basically, you have you have Alpha One shooting his eye beams into the dude's mouth and I, you know in what is the scariest dental moment maybe ever 
Um, I thought he was hap- taking out his, his windpipe, his uh, voice box. Yeah. No, that's not what happened at all. Uh, and and the the results of that, you know, it, with a really good cliffhanger at the end. This was just this was just it was a great issue. This is probably my favorite issue, of the Mighty as well, uh, so far. And if I had had to pick this week, I probably would have gone with it. You know, but again, just barely in the, in that one way. Great, great issue. Yeah, and this is and this is a book people need to read. The trade's coming out in December. The first six issues is probably going to be a twelve issue maxi series. Is what it's going to end up being, mm-hmm. just because of sales. But it's it's a it's one of the best books of the year. Yes. A and B, it's one of the biggest surprises of the year. It came out of nowhere. I bought it on a whim because I like Peter J. Tomasi, the writer, a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just been fantastic. It started off with Peter Schneider, Snaberg. Peter Ikea tabletop and Chris Samney's doing the current, <laughs> currently the artist on it and um, it's it's just it's been a surprise out of nowhere fantastic one of the best superhero books I've read in a while and mm-hmm. everyone needs needs to pick this up when it comes out in trade yeah, yeah this no, is I'm, one of the, the sleeper book of the year has the first volume come out on trade or no December December okay I'm all yeah, over that volume one through six all over it yeah cool. Um, so my pick of the week uh, was Strange Tales number two from Marvel. Um, which I noticed when I was in the store that I, I thought this was a Mac series and it's not. It's just a Marvel Night series, which I thought was it's, odd. But anyway, I, I didn't like it as much as the last one. I thought I thought this it, one was better than the first one. It's full of you know short stories, so some are going to be good, some are going to be bad. I thought they had, it was a stronger lineup in the first one. No, this one. Oh, I, this I thought this. Could... Th- well, it's funny because it's funny because I think it's, it plays to each you know like to interest and things like that. I thought this was stronger and better than the second one. Um, just to run, so for those who who hadn't heard, uh, this is a three issue kind of mini series anthology thing that you know kind of experiment kind of you know vanity project that Marvel's doing um, by getting you know underground and independent creators to do little short stories with Marvel characters. Um, so in this issue, we you know Peter Baggy continued his Hulk story. There's a Max Cannon story. Um, uh, uh, Tony Millionaire, uh, Jim Rugg, and Brian Maruka, um, and Matt Kent, and. It, for me, John Hickman did a three-page. Well, yeah, I'm going to get. I'm going to get to that. So, for for me, reading this, what I thought was interesting with the strange tale stuff is that I think it's really fascinating. A lot of these uh, underground um, creators are taking the opportunity to do like send-ups and do like kind of humorous, you know, takes. Um, you know, so for example, like the first story is Tony Millionaire doing an Iron Man story, which you know, despite the fact that he's fighting a, a bunch of guys with baloney heads. Um, looked beautiful. And it was then, beautiful, but if bizarre. Yeah, but then it ended with him fighting a, gi- a ginormous uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower head, which right. was just this, which as soon as it, as soon as the Eisenhower villain came in, I was like, oh yes, this is great. But um, but what I thought was really interesting is that that story and then R. Kikuku Johnson's um, Puppet Master Alicia Master story and then the beautiful Jim Rugg uh, Brother Voodoo story. All these stories seem to be picking up off of either Silver Age or Modern Age '70s kind of takes on these characters, not so much modern stuff. Right, um, which it's I, definitely '70s influenced. Yeah, last time any of those guys read it. It possibly, I, I don't know if it's a direction from the editorial or, but it's a lot of like, for example, Max Cannon did a great, I, I, I like. I don't even know the two-page f- telling his unfortunate three story instead of the Fantastic Four, yeah. which was just uh, which was hysterical. But it, they all had that kind of throwbacky kind of feel. Um, the 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 two standouts for me the the most were, and I'm a little biased because I saw these original pages at the Windy City Comic Con. But Matt Kent, who we're going to talk about a little later on in the show, his, you can't tell me his Black Widow story was not fantastic. It was beautiful. It, it was, was beautiful. Yeah. It, it wasn't you know send upy or anything like it was a straight up Black Widow story. 
Yeah. You know, and yeah, but in that sense, it was a little incongruous to the rest of the book. Yeah, because 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 all the other ones are doing send ups, and he's telling this very you know kind of his style you know serious kind of story, which but right. it was just beautiful, looked great. But then I was cracking up because I turned after the um, the Peter Baggy Hulk story, and there's these four pages of po- recruitment posters that Hickman did. <laughs> Yeah, in those his, are good. In his graphic design style, which I didn't expect to see Hickman pop up in this group because now I put Hickman in the kind of all mainstream people. And not only were these funny, but they looked beautiful and like these could be posters. Yeah. yeah so um, I don't know. Hickman was a bunch of small print and, and, and lots of charts and things. Yeah. Um, I mean, basically, they were recruitment posters for like uh, Galactus recruiting heralds and then uh, Terax uh, and uh, Fire Lord and Silver Surfer recruiting people for, you know, the, and it was just playing up on the tropes of those characters and what, they, what they're about and things like that. And it was just, it was, I don't know, it was fun. I just had a lot of fun reading this. And it was kind Modoc of. Modoc like, and Me was my favorite one. Uh, Modoc and Me was good. That was really good. Um, and I actually did like Jacob Chabot's looking good, Mr. Grim one <laughs> after, with, the, with the plant master. Um, but uh, a plant man. Um, but I don't know. It was just it was the kind of thing where every page I turned, I had fun, you know. And like that's what an anthology yeah. should do. Like I was excited. No, to it was it was fun. I just I, I thought it was a stronger, but it yeah. doesn't mean it was bad. I gave it four stars. And Josh, you might want to take note. Next issue's got it looks like it's got a cover from Stan Sakai doing Hulk as a samurai. Okay. So. Are you still I, reading Sakai Jimbo? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. In my in my world, you're the you're the biggest Stan Sakai fan. So. Yeah, I, that's not true. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I read it for a while because I was like, I feel like some, one of us should. And I was like, it's kind of cool, but basically it's kind of always the same. Yeah. And if you, again, if you like that kind of thing, which I, a lot of people do, like it's like they're in, you know, you see, I see James Robinson tweet that like, oh my, everyone is amazing. And I'm like, well, they're all kind of the same. They're pretty good, but I kind of had enough. Yeah. All right. Um, and Jim Rugg on Brother Voodoo just was, it was just so cool. The production and this, the look to make it look throwbacky, like it's kind of like what he did in that um, in that uh, image uh, next issue project. Uh, the same kind of style. It just looks so good. Definitely leaf through it in the store if you yeah. see it. It's yeah. worth seeing all the different kind of art. I mean, it's funny because I, because I understand because it's not, you know, it's difficult because I think some people have had difficulty with it because if you're a diehard Marvel fan, you're going to hate this. And if you're a diehard independent creator fan. But you're a, Mar- you're a diehard Marvel fan. Oh, yeah, fan. But, I'm a, but I'm also a big underground independent guy too. You know, so like I, I, you also, you also yeah. have a sense of humor. True, exactly. Yes, I also don't take things, things too seriously. <laughs> that it's not what the Hulk should be wearing. <laughs> exactly. It's wrong. <laughs> And I don't see what is so friggin' funny. Yeah. So, anyway. But, um, but yeah, so I can't wait for the third issue. And this is going to be a great little collection when it comes out. And if it's anything, it's it, just get it from the Matt Kent's uh, Black Widow yeah. story. That was the standout. So, but um, I don't know what to right. make of the haunt number one. Or it's just, haunt, it's just haunt number one. Yeah. Right. Haunt number one from Todd McFarlane, Robert Kirkman, Ryan Otley, and Greg Capullo. Um, um, I enjoyed I, the first issue. I feel like wearing an extra large shirt that has Michael Jordan on it and, and right. listening to Blind Melon. Well, that's the thing is that, is that I enjoyed it, but looking at it, it's like so you've got Kirkman wrote it and created it with McFarlane and Greg Capullo, who did Pencils and Spawn for like a decade, did the layouts and then Otley did the pencils and then McFarlane did the inks. And yes. I just wonder if it's too much. Too much, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> was, you got none, none of what makes each guy special and you got just parts of each one. That's actually a really good. That's an excellent analysis of, of I think what we're looking at here. Yeah. Although I think you got what I, th- I'm, I think we got uh, McFarland's inks. We did. Like it looked like it looked like it looked like McFarland. Yeah. I suppose in that way because Capullo, you know, it, it works that way. But I think the worst part for me is that I feel like we lost Otley in there. More well, than the, any. and the thing about that is that there were panels where I could see him. 
Mm-hmm. It was no. like he was hiding in the distance. You could kind of make it out, make him out, but then a tree would come in, you know, mm-hmm. your view, and it was just yeah, like truth, the- lots of lines on it. Now I'm saying that as a big McFarlane fan, I, I like him. I just wish he'd either just drawn it or Otley just drawn it or somebody just drawn it. But yeah. instead, I got a part partially of each guy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wonder if it's the kind of thing like if they. I don't know how long they think they're going to keep this team up. Um, this team going like is McFarlane going to bail after the third issue or anything like that from the inks you know but I wonder if after five issues they figure it out and it becomes something unique and you know because it's the first issue you know like you gotta you know but um, uh, story wise I thought it was I mean I thought it was interesting it's an interesting take I thought the, the there was I understood what was going on they actually I mean it was a Kirkman book there was you know violence and you know and I, you know see I didn't feel that like, I felt like there was a lot more uh, the creation of it was was definitely McFarlane and yeah. and Kirkman at the same time because to me this is probably my least favorite Kirkman book that I've read in a long time it did, I didn't it didn't feel like I had any of that I don't know that Jinsequa of his yeah. personality that even like an Aston- astounding Wolfman it was there where you're just like it's a little strange yeah like it was there it's this combination I guess what it is is this combination of light and then really violent or heavy and this like was dark this was very dark. Yeah, and yeah. there was nothing for me. I think for me, when I was reading, there was nothing for me to grasp on that I cared about or liked. I didn't, you know, I didn't like anybody, and I didn't really care what happened or what was going to happen next. I guess. Yeah, it was fine. I don't know, I don't I know if McFarlane's going to stay on it, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I just, it, just, it was just too weird. I just, I mean, it's just, it was, it was an interesting experiment, but. I don't think it was successful. I mean, I'm curious enough. I mean, I like, I like the guy. I like, McF- you know, Kirkman and Otley and McFarlane enough to be like, I'm. Um, Curious about it, so I'll keep go, going with it out of that curiosity. Um, but yeah, it was just it, it was weird though. It definitely it was like bizarre. It was like it was like one of those things where like you know like a bunch like there was like the traveling Wilburys. <laughs> Although they had good songs, they had like one good like two the good first, songs. The first album was was at least half. Yeah, I know, really but it was just like, that yeah. is as far off the rails as we've gotten in a long. <laughs> After Roy Orbison died, it was. Can anyone never tell me why back. why Jeff Lynn was there at all? <laughs> he was their buddy. He was produced. He produced all that stuff. Wow, are you are you people at home paying attention to this? <laughs> because this is. I mean, you thought the GI Joe stuff went off, but they. I want to. I want to see where this goes. Please continue. But this is the greatest musical supergroup of all time. No, but that's the thing is that it, on paper it was like that's the thing is that you got you had Dylan, you had Orbison, you had Harrison. You know, like who else? You had Tom, Tom Petty. Tom Petty, fucking Petty. I hate Tom Petty. But um, right, and then you had Jeff Lynne randomly, and like they did the, they had the hit. You know, like the, oh, uh, by know. the way, Tom Petty fans, send those to Ron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like Tom Petty. Oh, fuck Tom Petty, he's awful. Uh, again, Ron and I. <laughs> I don't don't send him to contact at iFanboy. Just straight to him. <laughs> but um, but so, and they had the one song, you know, I'm so tired of being lonely. Like they had that good song, and but like honestly, that that for, even that first record, do you can, can you name one other song aside from that the, the single? Weezer and the Monkey Man. All right, can you name another song? That good. It's a good title. <laughs> I mean, it's I a good title. <laughs> you can't blame a man for Weezer. <laughs> I'm about to. I'm gonna. Excuse me while I download that. I don't even care. <laughs> I name a band uh, some Jesus. I think that was an Art Adams comic. Um, <laughs> we should probably move on. To, we should probably move on to Ultimate Spider-Man three. That yeah. might be the funniest thing you've said this year. <laughs> you. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man number three. How great is David LaFuente? He's awesome. He's he's becoming one of my top five guys right now. Like I like this this book quickly makes it to the top of my stack because I read the books I'm most excited about first, um, purely to see what he's doing with the art. And it's like and it's not even the it's not even the the action which is fantastic, but it's the not action things that are just as great. Mm-hmm. So 
I love it. I love this book again. It took the bad taste of Amazing Spider-Man out of my mouth, that's for sure. Yeah. Which was the worst issue I've read in yeah. <laughs> quite a while. Yeah. For Guggenheim didn't really go out on a high note, did he? Unfortunate, because <laughs> it's my favorite Marvel book, but that was awful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but this I thought, was fun. This I, is great. I thought the MJ-Peter argument at the fast food place was awesome. Well, it's funny because knowing Bendis' history from reading um, – the what was that book he did? Uh, the, the, short, the autobiographical short story book he did. Fortune and uh, Glory? Yes. He worked at a similar fast food restaurant, so I'm sure he's taking a lot of his own history. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. But it's not even the fast food stuff. It was just it was the, the argument with him. No, but that stuff but, was yeah. good too. I mean yeah. just the, you yeah. know, not even caring. And, and then the fight between them was great. Yeah. Very realistic. The, the fight was just great. I mean like the, you know, I would appreciate the heads up. Return a call. You haven't called me in months. Like the banter was like it was just it was a great argument. It was just really good. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. So. And the, you can't beat the dynamic action scenes he draws, which is. Uh, and I love the way he handles the web, the webs and everything. Like they're just yeah. oh, it's just it's it's like it, this is like honestly, you want a young, you know, teen Spider-Man. And this is it. Like and and it made me realize while I like the imminent imminent stuff, it didn't actually resonate because I think it needs to be this. You know, so I like. Yeah, it. yeah, it's closer to what in the same vein as um, Bagley. Yeah, but but more modern. I think more actually relatable. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Bagley and Lafuente, don't get me wrong, they're completely different artists, you know. So. Right, but it's, it's yeah. a similar style. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. It's actually, it's actually Tweeter and the Monkey Man. I, f- I forgot. Uh-huh. Still. I take back everything I said, well, except <laughs> for the Art Adams thing. That actually still works. Because yeah. <laughs> it's so, got the Monkey uh, Man. That's what it also, is. End of the Line is a good song, too. Oh, fucking Jeff Lynn. <laughs> I literally don't know what you're talking about. Um... It, it, let me take you to a place right now, okay? Okay. A blood-borne plague races across Germany, giving life to mechanized monsters that are hellbent on leaving a bloody trail of victims in their wake. Known as demoniacs, these creatures have the perverse ability to meld with technology and wield it as an extension of their uncontrollable cyber rage. Standing in their way is civilization's last hope for a savior, Joseph Jobson. The mysterious lone rider fuses with the unreal technology of his battle-tested motorcycle to defend man against machine, but the same tainted blood that supplies his strength threatens to devour his soul, leaving him with nothing more than a murderous demon. Behold the Pale Rider, Blast Writer, Part 1, available on October 20th from Funimation Entertainment. Go to Funimation.com slash Blast Hey, German, motor- J- German motorcycle guy? That sounds pretty good. Yeah, I've got to say, out of all of them that I've read, that one, I was like, I'm kind of curious. Are they angry? Do they end? Blast Writer! they yell? <laughs> schnell! Schnell! Hello! <laughs> We're gonna move on. Thank, thank you for to Funimation for sponsoring uh, this episode. More comics now. <laughs> so, um, uh, Doctor Voodoo, Avenger of the Supernatural, number one, came out from Remender and uh, Je- uh, Polo, Paolo, Jeff T. Paolo. Um, uh, we talked to Remender a couple of weeks ago about this book, and so I was curious to pick it up because um, I had read the script, but I didn't see any art from it. Um, and I thought the art was really good. It had a uh, kind of reminded me of Riley Rossimo from Pro- from Proof at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really. I've gone on record where I don't really like the magic stuff, but for some reason, the Marvel magic stuff. I, you know, because it's Marvel, I, I've always, I've, I've kept track of it, and I actually do kind of like Dormammu and stuff like that. For a first issue, he packed in a lot. With you know, it starts off with a fight with Dormammu, uh, an argument with a uh, a very old looking Doctor Strange, um, and then uh, ends with a fight with Doctor Doom. So that's that's pretty pretty solid for a first issue. So. Um, 
Uh, I, I like the idea of positioning Doctor Voodoo as like kind of like the watchtower of magic going on in the in the Marvel universe, where he's got this room where he can see everything that's happening. You know, that's magical when because when you think about it, there's a lot of there's actually is a lot of magic going on in Marvel. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good. It was, so like the like the internet for magic, kind of. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's Twitter Google. magic. Well, it was yeah. neat because you know in this room, you know, you, you see, you know, you see uh, what is his name Hellstrom, the, what's the son of Satan or whatever. Damien uh, Hellstrom. Damien, yep, and then you see Doom sitting there, and you see Punisher fighting the Hood, and you see um, you know uh, Marvel zombies chomping away at people, and it's just like it's it's just interesting to see that zombies are magic. I guess so. I don't know. Maybe because no, we don't know in Marvel. We don't know what the different deal dimensions because the idea of going through different dimensions. I guess maybe I don't know. But either way, it's a it's a good. Um, it's a good it's a good concept in that that he's got to be the, the the watcher over all you know kind of magic in the Marvel universe and be like the defender of it so or avenger of it. Um, it was good. It was solid. So I'm gonna keep doing it. And Je- it's Jeff Jeff T. Paolo and his art was good. So Jeff T. Jeff T. Does he also live above a pink berry? I don't know. <laughs> he no? should. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> he should. It's it's delicious. Um, did you guys get uh, which cover of Buffy did you get? I got the. The um, one with the weird guy flying at you. Oh, you didn't get the uh, George Jaunty uh, homage to Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos cover? No, I didn't get that. Which is awesome. Issue 29. Um, cover might have been the best thing about the issue. Well, the weird thing about Buffy, and it, it's hard. <laughs> I'm torn about this because I at least love this book. Honeymoon seems get, to be over. I'm yeah. getting close to dropping it, mostly because I've heard the... This this season's going forty issues. I thought it was almost over. You know, it, like if if they had finished at twenty two or twenty three, like a TV season, they just would have gone out on top. The problem I have is I kind of like this st- overall story, but like I don't know who anyone is. Yeah, I know who the main characters from the show are simply from watching the show, but there's a lot of other people, and they all look very much the same because they're all women and they're all they all have you know, the same kind of hair. Yeah, and they're never ever identified, so I don't know who. There's no emotional resonance when anything happens to anybody because I don't know who this chick is. I just, the, you know, the, like, ca- the cast has gotten way too big, and the story, I think, has kind of spiraled out of control. Um, that's but it's it. also like there are TV writers writing this, and, and while they're, they're good writers, they don't write for comics. We're yeah. like, I need to know who this person is that's talking because I don't know the actress because yeah. it's not on screen. Whedon needs to come back and do the next arc. To, to on the other hand, it. I laughed hard during the torpedo scene. Yes. <laughs> well, the, the thing was is that the, some, of the, some of the fight, the, the, basically it's a big kind of uh, uh, battleground kind of scene where you know, that, like they're doing their kind of last stand type thing. And it, had, it very much had a two towers kind of feel to it where they're prepping mm-hmm. for the battle and the battle happens and then you know then the cal- you know the werewolves come is kind of like the cavalry and you know yeah. and, but like to this point like i don't know what who they're fighting or why or why i don't yeah. know the stakes i don't know exactly. anything like, i don't know anything it just if i hadn't laughed at that one joke which was really yeah. funny i probably would have Im- immediately dropped the book so i don't yeah. know what to do anymore yeah. i'm probably going to rat ride this arc out and then probably drop it yeah it's it's getting tough it's getting rough and the art the art seemed pretty rushed rushed in a couple pages too yeah that's i think that's probably why it's hard to tell i mean he's also drawing the backup feature in in one of the dc books i I think it's just like he it's tough i don't know i don't know who anyone is or why anything's happening that's 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 not a good thing it's not a good thing i I don't either but i do know the torpedoes work on land though (laughs) that's all i know so you want to talk about somebody who's got some range I don't know if you remember, but earlier uh, in this episode, we were talking about Mark Wade oh. <laughs> uh, with some messed up stuff that he was doing. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that with uh, the Incredibles comic book uh, that he also had out this week. Listen to me. If you're a parent and you're looking for kids' comics, you want a way to get your kids into comics, because I know a lot of you out there are and do, 
Um, check out uh, Boom's Incredibles number one. It's it's an original new new story series from uh, Boom about the Incredibles from the movie, um, and it's just good old fashioned comic books. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily I, I, like something that that a lot of adult readers, I guess, are going to want to follow. It wasn't. Well, is it know. is it the kind of thing where? And I didn't read it, so I don't know. So you tell me, yeah. is it the kind of thing where if you enjoyed Wade's run on the Fantastic Four, perhaps? I thought it was a little light. Lighter than that. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's probably a little lighter, but like Incredibles are essentially the Fantastic Four. Yeah, and, and I, Wade I, was great on that. So it felt to me like he was writing for kids a little more. Oh, okay. Uh, was there know, a sex room? No, there was. Oh, well, there might have been, but they didn't label it as such. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it was, it was just a fun little story. Uh, you know, and it, it's like an ongoing thing. So there, there was some nice, like, uh, big ideas. I think it was, it was not necessarily going to be uh, easily readable for like a little little kid. Um, but it might be it might be a really good gateway comic. That's what I kept reading when I was thinking. Cause it does it isn't it isn't dumb. It's not talking down to me. I've heard like good that. things about the Bloom Children's line. Yeah, from people yeah, who good have stuff. kids and, and get them to read comics. It's so I've so the, here here's another good one for you to go check out. Um, it, this, on the same token, do not do not give your children Jonah Hex number forty eight. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go out and just say that's no. a definite. Don't do it <laughs> at all. Uh, this is, uh, what is this, part mm, five? Four, five four. I don't know. There's four, been a five. big six-part story part. going on yeah. with every character in Jonah Hex ever, and it's just been a big romping bloodbath of a, yeah, lots of people getting killed and, and stuff. I, this whole thing's actually been really good. Yeah, it's been really good. It's part, um, this is part five of six. Yeah. The only problem I have with this issue is it took place at night, and a lot of it's really dark. Okay. But other than that, like this, 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 this six-part story has been fantastic, and all these bounty hunters trying to kill Jonah Hex, and he's got a mm-hmm. bunch of ragtag allies who he's met along the way of, in the course of the series. And but, but he's never nice to anybody, so you no. kind of like, like it always. Everybody could turn on this one character who's been uh, what's his name, Bat-Hash? Chaco. No, oh, Chaco, Chaco, who's yeah. been like trying to kiss his ass the whole time. You know, finally betrays him and. He makes him pay because that's what he does. There was some. I thought actually. Well, you're, I guess you're right. It's kind of dark. That didn't really bother me so much. There's a couple. There's a lot of really dense pages in this. Like ten, oh, twelve totally. panel yeah. pages. Like just indicating action going really fast and all this stuff. And it's like you're getting your money's worth on this. Oh, it's, it took a while to read. It was. You definitely yeah. don't feel like you're. You you've lost out on anything. But no, I, I like. I love the dynamic between the people that are his ostensibly his friends. Mm-hmm. And who are still not really his friends, and the, and even and the woman who likes him but wanted you know he likes yeah. her but one will admit it because they're both the same kind of person. And God, you're getting your money's worth of these pages. I mean, they're just they're just full. And I the mean, good thing is with with the movie coming out, you're at least the book's it's not going anywhere. I'd imagine. You know what? We have we have 48 issues. If they were to cancel it tomorrow, I'd be like, hey, you know, <laughs> <laughs> who, who am I complaining to? My God, never would have suspected it. Now, the new issue of Criminal came out, Criminal, The Sinners, Part 1, number one, which mm-hmm. I know it, I'm, all, I'm happy about. I'm assuming you guys are happy that it's, it's back as it, well. It was funny because I, I listened to Brubaker on Word Balloon recently, and, and he mentioned it, and, and I and realized it, that he's the only creator using this icon, the icon line at Marvel this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he might be the last one. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was good to get Criminal back, although I got to say, I'm, and this might just be me because I'm not as big on the crime stuff as you guys are, but I was like, eh, you know, like it was more of the same. You know? I got to tell you, he took me out of it a few times Yeah, because he has references to people he knows in it, and it happened like three times or so. I'm trying to well, remember. All the, victims, like, all the crime victims were, were, were people. 
Yeah, exactly. Yo, and yo, that's, and key and, yeah. yeah, and it was him, and it was it was a few times like that, and and that's that's something he's always done, but it it, it rips me out of it a well, lot yeah, now. Yeah, but not not everybody know. knows who he knows. So, I mean, I know. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I thought it was a, it was a strong setup issue, but it didn't blow me away because yeah. it was mm-hmm. a lot of setting up this new. It's a new and interesting world. I'm, 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 I really want to get the next issue because what he set up is going to, I think, be did really the, good. Did the art seem a little different to you? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I felt like there was just a little less on the page. Not, not in terms of, I guess, in terms of rendering. I mean, like it was just, it was just a little less fine than it than it normally is. I guess it might just be me. Or, or, or I didn't you know. notice that. Although I don't think he's been, Sean uh, Phillips has been quite as good since Incognito. Right. Yeah, well, the thing is, I mean, if you think about it, Incognito just ended, and then they put this out right after. So, you know, there's there was no there was no break from it. It just didn't it didn't seem quite as great. And you know, Sean, this is this is me saying, you know, Sean Phillips is easily one of my favorite artists working in comics. Um, it just didn't seem quite up to his 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 normal excellence. Not not a bad thing, but yeah, what I, was I, really I, good was the interview in the back. Yeah, the Darwin yeah. interview. Yeah, that was great. Which I don't normally read the back matter in these books. I just because I'm huh. just not interested. But I did read it. it was a Darwin Cook and Ed Brubaker interviewed by Tom Spurgeon and Spurgeon and, uh, Spurgeon and uh, Tom Bergeron just, hosts. That's, uh, that's a name that's always in my head. Um, <laughs> it was good. It was very good. Cool. Um, in a completely different direction, uh, X Babies number one came out from Marvel. <laughs> And uh, it featured art by Jacob Chabot, who actually had a story in Strange Tales as well. And the X Babies is a little, you know, kind of for those who don't know, and they were you know, introduced in the '80s by Claremont and Art Adams. Actually, is they were little um, send-ups on the X Men as uh, little, you know, kitty versions of them in the Mojoverse. Um, but I, I don't know who wrote it, but the the writer nailed it. He just like the whole the whole feel of the X Babies. Uh, Greg Shegel, I've never heard of him before. Um, but if you're an X-Men fan, this is like this is just you know straight send-up-y fun, and, and this is a blast to read. So. Did it come out originally in the same time as Muppet, Muppet Babies? Um, At any point, does have. someone say Mama, Dada, Poop, Poop, Chihuahua? No. No, okay. Um, and also, for those, those who are curious, in the back of the issue, they print the first appearance of the X-Babies, which was X- Uncanny X-Men Annual Number 12 by Claremont Art Adams, and it was fun to see some Art Adams uh, art from the 80s again. Now, did that come out around the time of... of yeah, of, I think it did, actually, to be honest. So this is actually... It has to be sort of born of Muppet Babies. It might be. I, I, I don't know. I can't. I think it was. Yeah. I mean, that I was bet. a whole. That was a whole baby movement, baby yeah. movement back yeah. then, which yeah. was funny. I love that cartoon. Yeah, but um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but that was fun. So good times. That was on, that was on my post school list of shows to watch. And you know who did the voice of the mother was uh, the June Lockhart, uh, the the mother on uh, Leave It to Beaver was the voice of the woman with the striped socks and Muppet Babies. Where did you dig that out of? I, I have so much stupid right. knowledge so, in my so, head. Okay, we're gonna add that to the <laughs> traveling Wilbury. Was she a Wilbury? Check <laughs> in this box. I believe she, she was. She slept with Jeff Lynn. She was a uh, stationary Wilbury. Yeah. She didn't move around a lot. Uh, <laughs> the user reviews. That's where you. Folks on the website can uh, review any of the books that you read. What website? And, uh, well, iFanboy. I assume that people know that. My God. But then again, never assume that much. Uh, over at iFanboy.com slash comics, you can pick out your comics and pick uh, the stuff. And the first user review is uh, from Face, uh, who, who reviewed Batman and Robin number five. Give the story a four out of five and the art a two out of five. At the time of recording, the pick of the week percentage of the community is 1.4%. Notably lower than some of the previous issues. I am captivated by Morrison's Batworld. He brought so much to the table, juggling it with the greatest of ease. It's no wonder that he's Jeff John's hero. 
Why I care about Scarlet is simple. She's going to redeem Damien. Somewhere down the line, Morrison will make this happen. It'll Likely, it'll be a love interest. Lots of talk about the art with iFanboy.com. Isn't he and like Dan- eight? Yeah. It's warranted. <laughs> Philip Tan's killing me here. There were several decent, decent pages, uh, but there were many times where I just had no idea what was taking place. Penguin going out the window seems to be more specific. There were... Uh, or Not a good pen- reading day for you. Yeah. Not a good reading day for Josh at all. Well, you... <laughs> There's a chat window. Uh, there was a very awkward unmasked dick at one time. Please, Jason, keep the hood on. All right. <laughs> I, I totally agree with his assessment of the issue. I thought the story was great. It was. It was one of the better issues, I think, of the run so far, which is saying a lot. But the art was just untenable, and there was a couple of awful panels. The one he, the one he references where, where they get back to the – the not the cave, but the the penthouse where they're where they are, and they take off their masks. It was just awful. Yeah. It was uh, Damien had looked like a sixty-five year old man when he took his mask off. It was just it was gross. Um, it's you know I'm having a hard time because I love the and again it's only one more issue. He's done after this next issue. It's only a three issue arc. So that went that went by very quickly and thankfully I can, I'm, I'm looking forward to go, returning to this book when Cameron Stewart comes on. Yeah, well, you should. I mean, you should. I think you should read these because I think what's going to happen is really important. Um, and some interesting things happen to it. The return of the red-haired Jason Todd, which was the original pre-crisis Jason, which was an interesting development. Um, yeah, I didn't get that. I mean, I I knew it was something that you would probably explain to me. Yeah, and the, and the original Jason Todd had two origins because they introduced him right before Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then he got mm-hmm. wiped out, and they introduced him again. Originally, he he was a Dick Grayson clone. He was a son of acrobats who were killed by Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. And they brought him in, and he had red hair, so they dyed it, so he'd look, he would look like Robin. And, and then they wiped him out, and Crisis came back as a street tough. So is this so. then supposed to be that other Jason Todd? Well, I don't know. I mean, Morrison's been using stuff from all eras of Batman. He doesn't care. Yeah, no. What I'm wondering, though, so. is if, if like this comes out of 52, is there being another Jason Todd who looks nothing like the Jason Todd who we've been looking at? Well, in, that's because like, Philip Mann's awful. Yeah. Right. Well, there you go. Great cover. Great cover. Yeah, because quietly. Exactly. Yeah. Next. The Punisher Max, he reviewed Sweet Tooth number two, and he gave the story a three out of five, the art a four out of five. It's always nice to hear from Frank. And the pick of the week percentage for the group or the group of people who are not us was 5.4%. And Punisher Max writes, with issue number two, I'm impressed, but also a little disappointed. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I will definitely continue reading it. And I just wanted a little more out of this. The first issue set up a really intriguing and different kind of premise, which I liked. I was hoping that in this issue the premise would either be fleshed out quite a bit with, with exactly what was going on or I would be okay still having all the questions I had from issue one. This didn't really give me either of those things. The questions that it did, it did answer, I didn't seem to like the answers to, and I was just a little more frustrated with the questions that it didn't answer. Overall, I have high hopes to where this can go, and I hope that it will bring me back in the overall story as well. Well, not the best book out there. It's definitely worth a shot. <laughs> the questions it did answer, I just didn't like those answers. I, I read it was just like, <laughs> man, man, we got questions, man, but they ain't got answers. But the answers to those questions are maybe not the ones that you want. You know what I mean, man? <laughs> um, I, I do have to agree. I don't think it was disappointing, but this issue went by very fast for me. I, I decided with this issue, issue I'm going to trades. It really? just wasn't. It wasn't enjoyable as a single issue. Yeah. Well, but that said, we've heard a lot of you know insider buzz that issue three is the was, was it issue three the 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 one I thought, where I, 
thought it was this one. No, I thought it was issue three. Was it like with issue three? It is like, oh my god, you know, like that sort of thing. So stay. I think in there. the idea with this one is that it sets you up at the end of the last one, and through most of this one, you think it's going to go in one direction, and yeah. then they they yank that out to raise the stakes. Yeah. Uh, even more. Although I, I, for me, yeah, it could it could be said that you could have let this play out a little bit longer so that the loss was more. Um, I, th- I, th- I think it's interesting because you know, again, we talked about Jeff Lemire a lot this summer, and and <clears throat> this is his first foray into doing monthly books, and it's curious to see him work out. The pacing and that sort of thing and and connor i can i, I totally understand why you'd go to trade because i think it's probably going to read great in trade but I'm, I'm curious to see the progression through issues so yeah yeah so cool right. so go to ifanboy.com where you can uh go to the comic section at ifanboy.com forward slash comics do your pull list and your rate and review your books and we might read one of your reviews on a future show and if you like any of these books we've talked about you don't want to go to your store to buy them you can get them a discount comic book service they've got monthly specials up to 75 percent off with 40% off all the major publishers and flat rate shipping on all orders in the U.S. of $5.95. You can buy anything listed in previews. they got over 5,400 trade paperbacks in stock. You can track your orders online. You can get all your comics at DCBS, and that's dcbservice.com. All right, it is time for the – it's that time of the month. It's time for the book of the month. And uh, first off, oh. uh, some apologies. Uh, normally we try to get the book of the month up the first Monday of the month. But, hey, I was on vacation, so I'm sorry. But um, if you're listening to this now, the uh, book of the month review is up on ifanboy.com. And it is uh, the previously mentioned – a little foreshadowing earlier in the show uh, – Matt Kent and his latest book, uh, Three Story, uh, published by Dark Horse um, Comics. And well, the full title is Three Story, The Secret yeah. History of a Giant Man. Correct. And um, I forget what the, the cost of this is, um, but it's affordable. A piece of your soul. <laughs> wow. Um, this is expensive. Uh, for those of you who um, don't know about Matt Kent, he uh, probably – I'm a little late to the game here, but he probably put out one of the best graphic novels of 2008, and that was uh, Super Spy, published by Top Shelf. Um, if if not one of the the best in the definitely the top ten uh, of 2008 for me at least. Are um, we sure it was 2008? It might have been 2007. Could have been. It could have been 2007. It came like a, at the end of the year. It might have been 2007. I can check. Okay. The well, days run together. They do. Um, also check to see how much this book is while you're at it. Um, <laughs> so uh, so this is his his next book after um, after Super Spy came out um, and. Super Spy. If you didn't, if if you didn't read it, it was a very um, complex series of short stories that all tied into a greater plot. Um, that was just the first third was completely confusing and, and difficult to read. But as you got into the first half of the book, you got it, and then it became so much fun to read the rest of it. Um, it was very intricate. It was very um, uh, very layered. That sort of thing. Um, Three Story is uh, very different from Super Spy in that the story is actually very simple. Um, it's the story of, like we said, the story, the secret history of this giant man, um, this guy who was born, who is um, completely, uh, who has um, some sort of affliction or some sort of problem. Um, the guy named Cres- Craig Pressgang, and um, his basically he grows to be very very tall. Um, the title of the book, Three Stories, is actually a play on words in that there are three individual stories in this book, um, but then also he grows to be three stories tall. Huh? You like that? Um, so um, the, the book is broken up. It has up. multiple meanings. Yes. I don't follow. The, the book is broken up um, into three points of view. Um, the first story is told from the point of view of his mother, 
who deals with him being born and raising him um, and the, the difficulties that come from that. And then the second story is focused on his wife um, and who's focused on living with him and be, you know, being married to him and having a child with him and the difficulties that come with that. And then the last story is told from his daughter's point of view who is trying to piece together his life after he's you know, moved on. Um, so uh, basically what happens is, is that he is able to – as he, grow, as he um, grows up and gets really tall, he gets a lot of public attention. The CIA notices him and decide to make him a secret agent, saying that uh, the best secret agents are the ones that are out in the open. Um, and little things happen with that. Um, I don't want to get into specific story um, you know, specifics because the story is just it, – it, it, it develops very – I don't want to say slowly but at its own pace – and it completely drew me in and it completely grabbed me in on top of the fact that Matt Kent's art is just absolutely beautiful. And um, he's able to I, – I, I read some of this. I didn't read it all, but that was the thing that really stood out to me was I didn't I, – I've, I've had no exposure to him before and it was just – it was beautiful. You really, you'd like Super Spy if you got yeah. through it. Yeah. Super you got to get through the end. Of, you got to get to the end of Super Spy. If, by the way, 2007. Go ahead. Okay, 2007. Nice. Um, yeah, you got to get to you got you got to stick with Super Spy and go all the way to the end of it. This this one read much faster than Super Spy. Where Super Spy was complex, this is very nuanced. Um, this this book has a lot to do with like there's not a lot of dialogue. It has a lot to do with like looks and mood and feeling and things like that. Um, but it, it it was just a joy to read, and I love the way Matt Kent is able to um, uh, almost do like a mixed media with his books, where in addition to the the sequential story to the story of the panels telling the story, you'll turn a page and it will be a page from uh, Craig's uh, the main character's uh, bio- uh, biography. Like it's a page of you know prose and like with you know photographs or whatever. They'll, you turn a page and there'll be an, ad- an advertisement that he did an endorsement for, you know. And it's just really interesting. And and his graphic design skills and stuff like that. Like they look like these ads from the '60s and they're you know very Mad Men esque and stuff like that. There's a great two page spread of of the blueprint of his of his home, the tower that that they build for him to live in. Um, just little You're right th- up your alley. Yeah, exactly. Little things like that. Um, so I, I don't know. The book, the, the book is so. I mean, it's about two hundred pages, and every page has a little reward on each page. Whether it's something that he's done in the art, or something with the story, or something with one of those um, mixed media pages. Um, it's just it's just a lot, a lot of fun, and, and proving that Matt Kent is probably one of the, from what I found, one of the more underrated, unique creators out there today. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous book, and it's really it's sparse, but in a good way. Yep. Yeah, there's the pages a very, breathe a lot. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a very languid pace to it, which is nice. It's sort of this is totally different, but in the same way that Moon Knight was, the yep. first issue of Moon Knight was very sparse, but also exciting. This is the same kind of layout. Sort of, it's not you're not overwhelmed with dialogue, you're not overwhelmed with word balloons. Yeah. And the art really gets to breathe, and this is a beautiful, it's a gorgeous book. Yeah. And and the book, and it's sad. I mean, it's a sad story. Yeah. I mean, you've got this guy who is a likable guy who had this thing happen to him, and there's nothing you can do about it, and how he dealt with it, and how his relationships, and how much he loved his wife, and how much his mother, you know, cared for him, and his daughter just trying to understand who he was, and it was just fascinating, just totally fascinating. There's a, there's a, there's an inner, inherent sadness in his at work. There is. There really, really is. Um, it's it's very moving. Just looking at it, yeah, it's because it's on those yellow stained pages. Well, that's that'll get you every time. But like when he when he yeah. goes into the you know he's the mixed media when there's there's some sort of looks watercolory panels that are just yeah. very 
there's a lot of emotion packed into the artwork. But yeah, so I don't know. I loved it when I got my hands on the book. I, I devoured it very quickly and then proceeded to tell everybody when it came out to go pick it up. And so I urge you to go pick it up as well. Um, I don't think it's available at InStockTrades.com yet, but we're working with them to try to get it there. But you can probably get it on Amazon or From, your yeah, it's store. Just Dark, Dark Horse, Horse so it's not like- put it out. So yeah, so it shouldn't be that hard mm-hmm. to get. Yeah. Um, and it really like if you want it like we talk a lot about independent books and and you know and and alternative books if you want to take a step away from the norm and try something different this is a good kind of it's a you know you know it's a complete graphic novel and it's it's got a it's like honestly I'll say it's probably like nothing you've read yet so if you didn't read Super Spy <laughs> if you read Super Spy then you know how good this can be <laughs> so um, so yeah so go to ifanboy.com read my whole review um, there. And um, and I urge you to pick it up. It's it's definitely worth it. Um, it's it's got to be like twelve bucks and maybe, a piece of your soul, your immortal soul. Yes. Wow, you're really pushing that. <laughs> we talked about a whole lot of books this week, so we're going to be skipping emails and voicemails. That doesn't mean we don't love you. Make sure you get to the the website every Friday, and you can read our, our letter column where we answer emails also. Um, and then you can you can write in at contact at ifanboy.com, or you can call us at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven. Leave leave a question on the voicemail. Uh, we we do like that, and we're going to get back to those next week. Um, now. In- in the meantime, um, quick, uh, quick kind of shout out to you all. And if you're wondering how you can help out iFanboy, um, you know, every week we do this podcast and we, um, we do the website and everything's totally for free for you to enjoy to make your comic book experience more fun. Um, so there's a couple things you can do to help us out to keep our lights on, keep everything moving. Um, you can go to iFanboy.com and click, out, um, click on all the banners there. Check out the products and services that our sponsors are offering. They're advertising with us because they want you to find out about their products. So click on banners, do some investigation there, buy the products from our sponsors. We really appreciate it. Um, you can go to ifanboy.com forward slash Amazon, where anything you buy from Amazon.com helps us out in the process. Uh, you can buy your graphic novels there, your comic books, uh, CDs, DVDs, uh, video games, whatever you want. Anything you get from Amazon can help us out. Um, and then finally, the two best things you can do if you want to help out iFanboy is go to ifanboy.com forward slash store. That's where you can find our t-shirts. Um, we've still got some power responsibility t-shirts left. And uh, you can pre-order the Herm shirt, which is going to press this month. Um, so uh, you can pick that up and get them when well, supplies are limited. So get them while they last. They're both $15. Um, and if you're going to a convention, I know this weekend was the Baltimore Comic Con. I'm, ho- I'm looking forward to hearing about all the people wearing iFanboy shirts at that con. Wear them to cons. It's a good way to show your support. Um, and finally, you can become an iFanboy member. You can also sign up at iFanboy.com forward slash store. For $4 a month or $42 a year, you get the prize pack, which consists of some buttons, a sticker, and a random comic book from one of our collections. Um, for $10 a month or 100 bucks a year, you get all that plus the iFanboy members t-shirt. And plus also, iFanboy members are eligible for the great iFanboy giveaways. And we're going to be doing a giveaway in a couple of minutes. And the only way you can win is by being a member. Um, so we really appreciate everybody who's a member currently or has helped us out. And we hope the, the rest of you can find it in your hearts to You also uh, get to some of our well. mortal soul. I don't know if you knew that our immortal soul <laughs> he's been watching vampire movies again hasn't he and josh's marriage yep I don't. <laughs> well then uh, so like like we mentioned we're gonna be giving some stuff away connor what do we got october's giveaway month that i fanboy this week and in the next two shows there's gonna be big giveaways so if you want to see what they are you can go check this out at ifanboy.com they're right there at the top there's a red post showing you what we're giving away so if you want to be eligible to win these prizes these fabulous fabulous prizes you should become an ifanboy member today that's how you win and today's giveaway is the top cow giveaway and the top cow giveaway winner is douglas hills yay yay douglas wins a bunch of stuff from Top Cow, our friends at Top Cow. He won the Magdalena Blood Divine Volume 1, the Pilot Season Volume 1, Impaler Volume 1, Top Cow's Best of Michael Turner, Freshman Volume 1, Strike Force Volume 1, Hunter Killer Volume 1, 
and a beautiful Wanted Assassin's Edition hardcover. That's that's so a lot of books, and we probably eight big trades from Top Cow. And we should thank our friends over at Top Cow for providing that and sponsoring this giveaway. That 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 was very generous of them to give us a ton of stuff. So. Yes. So if you want to become a member and win these things, you got all you got to do is sign up. And the next giveaway is a Funimation prize pack, which consists of, I believe, four DVD sets. It's like over a hundred bucks worth of DVDs, right there. And then the final one is a pretty kick-ass one if you're into an old Marvel comics. So go Am check I it out. Am I eligible for no. that last one? No. No, but if you have, you got two weeks to come over and read them. Uh, you're gonna be I gone next this. week. I will say this: um, those comics that you can see on a fanboy. Include Jack Kirby art and Gene Colon art. Well then. Ooh. Yeah, so go check those out at Fanboy.com. There's a red post right in the top showing you the giveaways. If you want to win, you got to become a member. you got to be in it to win it. Yes. Like the lotto. <laughs> and um, also want to take a quick mention to mention our, our sister site, Murmur.com, has a podcast as well. And episode 9 is coming out this week, and that's going to feature – we're going to be talking about some uh, new music as well as some movies, some cool stuff like that. So tune in. And, Will uh, you talk about the Traveling Wilburys for no, me? No, I can guarantee we're not talking about the Traveling 45 Wilburys. 45 minutes. That's yeah. Murmur number 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ooh, let's do that. <laughs> we'll totally do them We're going to do a track-by-track track analysis of the first record. Yeah. Yep. So. I'm not alone anymore. Also a great song. Get to <laughs> Jesus. Get to ifanboy.com and read the pick of the week review uh, from Connor and the conversation that happens there afterwards, and then all the other stuff. Every single book that comes out in a week has a potential con- conversation going on under it, and and a great deal of them do. Um, so make sure you go in there and check that out. Uh, there's all sorts of fresh things that come up every single day that get written on the site, things to talk about, uh, news that's fun to talk about, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you get to ifanboy.com. A lot of people still don't even listen to the show and don't go there, and you should because uh, if you like this, there's just more of it, basically. And Although you for the I've... first time this week, we had somebody come to the website and didn't know there were shows. Wow. Well, that's yeah, it was the opposite. Well, it was shocking. We're, we're we're clearly not doing our jobs. Go to ifanboycom slash about, and you will be able to tell who we all are and 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 ways to hook up with us on the web. Otherwise, other social networking things like that. Uh, the video show that we do is is uh, is still on fall break. However. Here's two things that I can tell you. One, we're putting up uh, we're putting up reprints, and it's kind of fun to go back and see some of the old episodes that you might not have seen for, geez, two, three years, something like that. A beardless two, Josh. Two, there are rumblings. That's all I'm telling you. <laughs> there's, 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 there's motion. There's been meetings. There's been there's well, we're talking about meeting. Right. There's pre-meeting <laughs> meetings. Yeah. <laughs> so there. You, as we said earlier, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. When you call and leave a voicemail, please tell us your name and where you're from. It makes it more exciting. Plus, we don't like to air the anonymous ones because you're cheaters. There, I said it. Jesus. And finally, if you like what you're listening to, and I don't know why, you can go to <laughs> iTunes and where you can write a review. And we want to thank everybody, all the hundreds of people who have written iTunes reviews. It helps people discover the show and, and also shares. You know, it gives you, uh, it lets you air your opinions about it, share what you think about iFanboy. Um, or better yet, uh, tell people that you know that like comics who might not listen to the show. Um, if everyone just tells five people, think about how many people would be aware of iFanboy after that. It's so. not a pyramid scheme. It's not. <laughs> or, not at all. I don't. It's not. So, uh, so please, we thank everybody who's got helped us get the word out. And uh, don't forget to sign up for a membership if you want those great giveaways. We're going to keep giving away stuff out all the way th- for the ex- rest of our existence. So uh, become a member. Well, wait, whoa. Oh, hey, our souls. That's a big commitment. Yeah. So. Three weeks, definitely, yeah. the next three weeks. There'll be more after that. But. So, excellent. Well, it's good to be back, boys. i got to admit. You, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to – you're – 
Ray. <laughs> All right. Go. Until- well, you didn't blow the audition. I can tell you that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Thanks very much on behalf of the band. I hope you enjoyed the audition. <laughs> until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor Wilbury. I'm, I can't follow that. I'm Josh. <laughs>